Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wilded Running YouTube channel live broadcast. Today, I'm delighted to be here with Damien Hall, who had a absolutely cracking attempt at his first Barclay Marathons. Oh, I am using a microphone, by the way, so if you can't hear me, then do let me know in the live chat immediately, and I'll just start it all over again. So, now, hi, Damien. Welcome to the broadcast today. Hi. Awesome. Um, so Damien speaks so often here on Wild Ginger Running that I've had to give him his own Damien Hall playlist. So there's a link in the film description below or in the show notes below if you're watching this on the podcast version. He just keeps doing these really balmy things and we have to keep talking to him to check that he's not gone totally bonkers yet. So have you gone totally bonkers yet, Damien? <laughs> Are you sure you just haven't run out of good guests and need a filler? And you know I'll say yes because, you know, it's just chatting about running, so. <laughs> yes. Well, for anyone who it is the first time that they've heard of Damo before, he um, is an outdoor journalist turned trail running journalist turned ultra running coach and climate ambassador. And he has held records on the Southwest Coast Path and the Pennine Way. And this year he completed an impressive four laps and got onto lap five of the Barkley Mountains uh, before he conked out on lap fifth, lap, lap five, possibly due to not drinking enough tea. We'll, <laughs> we'll let him explain because I'm sure that was probably it, wasn't it, Damo? I wish it was that straightforward. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it turns out John Kelly kindly pointed out to me that only, um, so only 17 people have ever finished the Barkley Marathons um, since, since it started in 1986. But only 19 people have ever started a fifth loop. Um, so that means there are two of us in the world who have started a fifth loop and not not finished it either then or at a, a subsequent time. And that's being me and the Canadian runner, Gary Robbins. Um, uh, so I'm both sort of thrilled to be in, in, a, in a pretty exclusive group, but also, yeah, a bit, frust well, pretty frustrated um, yeah. by, by that. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I had overall I had an amazing experience there. I feel very lucky because not many people can do the Barclay, not just because it's 
quite secretive, although there's good reasons for that I, I can go into if you like. But um, they can only take, yeah, 40, 40 people each time, um, partly the size of the um, the size of the campground and, and, and how, simply how many people the park will let on the trails because it's quite a sensitive area. Um, so so it has to be a bit exclusive, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I feel very lucky to get the opportunity. Um, and yeah, we had brilliant weather, actually. I mean, it's very cold at night. So it, was, it was probably past, yeah, uh, minus 10 or so on one of the nights. Um, but actually, that keeps the ground hard. And, and um, you know, if you've got enough kit, you, you, you should be all right. And we didn't have, yeah, there was no rain at all. And the big fear at Barclay is, is fog, you know, thick fog coming down and, and then you just can't see a thing. Um, so the weather was great. Yeah. The um, the start time was quite nice. It was um, yeah, eight forty five. Four to ten in the morning or something. Yeah. So yeah. everyone, well, in theory, you get a full night's sleep, but I don't know if anyone slept that well. Um, and then also, he does tweak the course every year a little bit, and and there hadn't been a finisher since twenty seventeen. So I hesitate to say it made it easier, but you've got to think like every um he, yeah he he made one change to the course as far as I could tell that removed maybe only a 10 minute thing but if you think it's five loops times 10 minutes all right somewhere anti-clockwise so that, but that might be a 40 minute difference so that yeah. could be the difference between finishing and not those small tweaks that he makes yeah so so it was a good year <laughs> it was yeah, a good year, and a good year yeah. so it was a good opportunity um but yeah so part of his you know, reasonably proud to have done four loops uh, and, and started a fifth, but partly it's very frustrated that basically, um, yeah, two nights without sleep and, and I started on a loop anti, yeah, a final loop anti-clockwise. I'd just come in clockwise. Um, and that last book had been pretty um, pretty straightforward, one of the easiest books to find. Yeah. But somehow going back the other direction, uh, I, I, I guess mostly sleep deprivation and, and possibly... You're basically in, they call them capstones. It's it's um, basically a lot of rocks, a lot, lots of high rocks. Um, and, and I got, I suppose, confused amongst them or, or ended up at the wrong point. And yeah, just couldn't find that, that blasted final book or, yeah. or first book of that loop. Um, yeah, from that angle, it must have been completely different. To, you think you know it coming from one yeah, angle or yeah, with someone else. Like and then, the other way, it yeah. seemed so straightforward that I almost didn't give it any thought of finding it again and uh -huh. I went but here's the odd thing I went past all the rocks and went back out on the trail kind of the other way and st tried to come in the way I had come which I thought I was doing but now you're now you're sort of thinking was it or was that a different way um yeah. but that's you know that's the Barclay that's it's playing with you all the time it's um it's trying to sort of yeah it's trying to challenge you a lot more mentally than than, than a normal ultra marathon I suppose and, and this time yeah I wasn't wasn't quite up to it but I had a great had yeah. a great picture. Yeah, um, and I just had a live question come in from Tadeusz Cantwell, and he says, does Damien think the current course is around the human limit in the five laps that's allowed? I think it probably is close. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what I've learned is listening to other people like John Kelly and, and so on talk about the Barclay, and there's, there's two or three books out now that, um, that, that reveal, you know, reveal more about Laz and things like that. You know, he's not trying to make something that's impossible. He's trying mm. to make something that's just possible. Yes. So there's no point, you know, there's no point in making something that no one can finish. Yeah. But but he, yeah, he tweaks it and the weather comes into it and, and how many 
loops you're going to do in the night or whether you're going clockwise. So there's all these little tweaks. So it's just possible. And three people did finish this year. So it, yeah. it proved this year it was possible. So he'll make um, it harder next year, which will be bad well, if you want to go back. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the frustration of thinking, well, that, that year, this year was, was a great chance, although it was my first year. So Has anyone ever completed it the first time they've ever done it? Because that yes. does sound impossible. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I think at least two people have, but it's pretty. It is pretty rare. Uh, I mean, John John Kelly's had six goes, for example, for two finishes. Um, and I I was there. I was very lucky to have a brilliant crew. A guy called Jody, a Canadian guy, and he'd, he'd had five goes. Um, you know, um, so it a lot depends on the on the weather. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's a really changeable time of year there. It's, it's fascinating, actually. When I arrived in Tennessee, it was like well in the 20s. But by race day, it was like it was zero, basically. Wow. So so wow. that time of year, it's jumping from like 20, 25 degrees to, to zero minus. Yeah, and really changeable. Yeah, the, the other year, I forget which year, but when Nicky Spinks did it the first time and, and Ian Keith and, and James Elson, they had that dramatic, dramatic change during the race. We yes. didn't get that during the race. We knew it'd be cold and clear. Yeah. Or, or at least hoped the forecast was true. Um, but those guys got it during the race, which is, yeah, that really messed people up there. So the weather's huge. Um, but yeah, that's what makes it fascinating. It's this big puzzle. Um, yeah, just on the edge of possibility. So, yeah. um, and I thought it was interesting the way you wrote, because you've written, if you go on Damien's Instagram, you can um, click all these links to various different things. And you've written a really nice report, like lap by lap, which is really interesting. I just thought it was really interesting how you got to the end and you said that you weren't physically incapable or, or too sleep deprived to go on. But it was like the frustration of like the get, finding the books and the kind of the navigation aspect that was really the challenging thing for you personally. Yeah, that's, that's kind of good, isn't it? Because you can learn that like you can. Yeah, or, or I mean, can I was, you? <laughs> well, I hope I can. I, I was. Yeah, I was really pleased with the fact that kind of physically I, I felt I was up to doing doing five loops and um, and and my men mentally I, I wanted to go on like I had that mm. motivation. Yeah. Um, when when you know after that amount of time sometimes you sometimes you don't yeah. or sometimes you're broken yeah uh, but it was like almost a cerebral failure I feel like what well, partly partly a uh, a struggle to manage sleep deprivation although that's an ongoing like I'm, I'm reasonably experienced now at going through two nights and that's where things yeah. start to unravel after during or after two nights but I, I've done that quite a few times sometimes it's gone really well sometimes it's been more of a struggle but the thing with the Barclay is that constant constant navigation so the mental fatigue is huge and it's quicker so most trail races the spine is the classic example i'm out there for longer but you're following all right it's not a marked course as such but you get a gpx and um you can mentally you can switch off quite a lot and and just run mm. but at the barkley no you're constantly yeah. trying to think is it yeah i'm on this bearing is it that tree is it that rock is it that so the the mental alertness is um yeah. is huge and and yeah and that got the better of me ultimately um whether yeah. it was yeah I wonder how you would practice for that in the UK like there's nothing really like the Barclays maybe you should set up like your um April Fool's mm -hmm. um post on Instagram about the Barclays coming to the UK maybe you should actually set up a sort of a Barclays practice race in the UK even if it's just <laughs> for you and Jasmine and Nikki and Tom <laughs> <laughs> I must admit that um I felt bad after that Barclays April Fool's it was it was Innovate's idea um <laughs> For those who don't know, yeah, they sort of said, hey, we're bringing the Barclays to the UK. 
Um, and, and hopefully, as the Red Dam story, you began to realise maybe that wasn't true. But of course, several people said, oh, that would be amazing. I, w- I wish you were. And, it, and I suddenly <laughs> felt bad because, of course, yeah. Um, you should. Say- like, it sounds like a really good idea. Like, I was just running around my local quarry this morning thinking, hang on a minute, this looks like the Barclays here. I could get everyone to go through the stinging nettles. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is. Yeah, that would be the equivalent of the briars, wouldn't it? Would be our, mm. our stingers. Yeah, in like in May or something. They're really high at the moment. They're like oh. as high as a human. And they can sting you. Like, I mean, they, they can be more painful than sore briars, I, I, I think, at times. There have been times <laughs> that I've laid in bed at night and not been able to sleep from stinging it. Um, it's been pointed out to me that um, there is a Barclay Marathons here. Oh, it, is there? It's in the Cotswolds, not too far from where I live. Oh, okay. uh, there's a place called Barclay. Oh. So someone has created a 100-mile race from from Barclay, uh, it is loops as well actually. Um, so there is a Barclay marathon, oh. a Barclay marathons here. Um, technically, it's not as I don't think I can't remember if there are books involved. Um, but yeah, I, th- I believe New Zealand and maybe France have very similar oh. formats. So it's not impossible to kind of practice it, but nothing's yeah, nothing's quite like the nothing's the, quite like the real thing. Yeah. Ah, mm. oh, so because uh, Kingsley says here, how were the brambles? Are they as sharp as people make out? But it seems no, if stinging nettles are worth. I think I, I had a I had a lucky year in that respect as well. So the place apparently where they are the worst is is Rapjaw, and that is the one of the few I think the only place on the course that can be photographed and people can and and people can come and spectate. Um, but sometimes it does get mowed. I think once a year, and it had just been mowed, so we were quite lucky there. I did get scratched elsewhere on the course, but um, it seemed more on my thighs than than on my calf. So I didn't get. I didn't get the true kind of lacerating Barclay experience, which which I was okay with. Um, but yeah, they didn't seem nearly as bad as as anticipated, I suppose, or as you know the hype. It's a bit. It's maybe it's a bit like Marathon de Sable, where you I don't know. You see a few photos of bloody feet, bloody toes, and and you think, well, everyone's feet are going to end up like that, and and of course they don't. That's why that photo is so kind of those yeah. photos are shared around. So yeah, they weren't nearly as bad as I thought they might be. Yeah, and um, apart from just basically wanting to follow John Kelly and everything that he does. When did you personally become come interested in the Barclays yourself? <laughs> I should refute that claim, that, that, <laughs> uh, that comment. Um, although, yeah, I, John's a good friend and, um, uh, yeah, greatly admire him. Um, although, yeah, I would claim I, 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 I always intended to run down the Pennine Way um, at a record attempt, but I didn't quite have the courage until I knew he was going and then I did I did think well if he's going this was in the lockdown year then I'll give it a go as well um but what was the question exactly when did when did I think about it yeah what uh, made you become interested in Barclays because obviously Jasmine did the previous year and now it's and and Nikki as well and now it's you and then Tom and, and James Elson's giving it a go as well it seems like more and more Brits are sort of popping over to give it a go yeah I, I think I think really ever since I first heard about it it interested me, um, which would have been back in maybe even sort of 2013. It was before the film came out. Anyway, I got a good friend, local runner, Alex Copping, who filled my head full of bad, full of bad ideas early on. Um, and I remember, I think we had a discussion along the lines of, I don't know, what, what's the toughest race or, you know. Yeah. And, then it, and I remember him saying, well, there's this one in America in the woods where, you know, you go around in loops and there are books. And it, of course, like most people, you remember thinking that's insane. But then, of course, that's insane. I would never do it. And then, of course, that 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 um, percolates, um, you know, much like when I first heard about the spine race, you just think that that's impossible. You couldn't Who does do it. That? And it just <laughs> percolates. Um, yeah. So so for quite a long time, I was 
I was interested. And then and then it became the most common question I would ever get in interviews as well. Yeah. So it was almost like and, and Jasmine said kind of the same, like it almost gets annoying. It's almost like, all right, then I'll go and do it. You'll want, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, some things have held me back, I suppose, partly. Um, well, it, yeah, I, I, who, it's difficult to get into. Um, and I think it's all right for me to say, like, I was on the wait list for two years. Like they don't necessarily if you're Jasmine Paris or John Kelly, you can get, a, you know, you can breeze in. But um I'm not of their standard, so I, I had to, I had to, I had to oh, be patient. I, I think um, you are now, Damo. <laughs> now that you've done four on your first go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it, yeah, it took a while, and then I suppose, yeah, it, it's. It, there was part of me, if I'm honest, I do enjoy racing. You know, racing other people, and the Barclay never sounded like a race against other people. It doesn't feel that way either. Mm. But actually, now I don't know. The challenge is it's such a unique puzzle yeah. that, that um, yeah, it's I'm like glad. A challenge I, I, against I, I, yourself, isn't it? Like, yeah, much can more so, I, Can I? Can everything go perfectly on that day or well, a few days? Um, and so, training-wise, I know you are an ultra coach yourself, and if you do want to book uh, Damien, then that or get his advice then he's got a whole uh, website and instagram follow follow you there i'll put all the links in the film description below um so yeah how did you train and i specifically because i know you've got two quite young kids not like super young like mine but you've got two kids a wife and how did you fit that in all around your family and your work um well the these the sort of um interesting puzzle for me there was um that I'd just done the spine race in in mid I guess mid-January and this was mid-March um so it was more the priority was getting recovered from the spine race so that was number so like I'd be fit you know that would there wouldn't be too much of a concern now I'd have fitness but would I be I suppose it's not just the you know it's not just injuries or angry feet it's you know, is your energy back? Are you, you know, are your hormones balanced again? Is you know, is your whole endocrine system sort of recovered? Um, so that was the immediate priority. So actually, training was very light um, for a few weeks, um, but for reasons I can't be entirely sure. Yeah, recovery did seem pretty quick from the spine. Um, I think it might have been that I was very happy with what happened there. So I think I was just <laughs> <laughs> happy. With yeah. That. You sleep better and congratulations probably thank you probably more so than when you're frustrated with a race um you know and so on um so yeah recovery seemed pretty good um and then so all we really did was yeah i did try and work on navigation i did do a few sort of yeah local orienteering race and so on um did you go out in the dark because i know i read on your blog that you felt like the navigation was your sort of weakest point yeah yeah that was always my biggest concern you know, I, I'm 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 used to being out a long time. I, I like that, and you know, I like I like going up and down big lumps. It's it's fine, but it was. I always thought navigation would be, yeah, the thing that might let me down, and it and it pretty much was. But I did try and work on it. I um yeah, I went out with a friend one night in the woods, who's who's yeah, expert ex-military expert nav- navigator, and we sort of yeah, he he sort of tested me and taught me some things. I did an orienteering race. I feel like that was the third thing I did. Oh yeah, you can. I mean, it's quite far removed from Barclay but you can get the there's some apps available actually that have digital courses that you can do quite locally um so I did a couple of those right it's nothing like navigating in the woods in Tennessee but it's still running with that sort of um that alertness that tension that sort of where am I where next um so I did at least three things to try and improve my navigation and and also to try and improve my confidence in my navigation um which may be just as important um 
and the other thing was yeah so there weren't epic miles but what i did do is is yeah there's a lot of climbing barclays there's a lot of steep uphill hiking unbelievable amounts um it's like double yeah it's double what utmb is for 100 miles you, wow. so it so i did i probably only had three days out where i just tried to hike power hike I, I did have two good days in the lake district and then one probably in the brecon beacons if i remember um yeah just trying to hike up and down steep bits yeah. <laughs> a lot but yeah so it's recovery steep steep yeah lots of ascent and then um a bit of navigation practice yeah. really and do you do you find that quite easy to fit in then because if you're an ultra coach you're presumably preparing people's training plans whenever you like so you can sort of work whenever you like you're not tied to a nine to five role yeah, I'll be I'll be honest. Life's life's pretty pretty good yeah. and pretty flexible with life's that. Um, yeah, if I'm honest. So now that the kids are at school, it's um, you know you could I can I can work my training and my work around around that. So it's um, yeah, yeah I, I feel a lot luckier now. But yeah, when they were younger, um, I suppose I'd do quite a bit of run commuting and and yeah, I was wasn't afraid to get up at five or six a.m. or even even go out at seven or eight in the evening. Although that's maybe less beneficial sometimes um if you're not going to sleep well for example but yeah i was never afraid previously never afraid to get up early um uh but things are easier now but and also i need my sleep more now than yeah as you as you may <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> and so so you got into barclays that's fantastic and um, what was it like arriving at that campsite because um you sort of said it it was a bit like being in a in a film set is that because you've just watched so many sort of films about Barclay beforehand? Yeah, it's because it, so the, the, one of the unique things about Barclay is, yeah, there's only like uh, three places really that you see footage or, or even photos from. Yeah. Kind of the campground and, and the yellow gate. The famous um, yellow gate. The, I would say the down rat, the fire tower and down rat jaw, which is where nearly all the photos of the race are from, which mm -hmm. probably people identify. There's the power lines going down and then people, you know, hiking up um and the third one is probably the prison um which probably people have, have seen maybe in some of the films so those three spots when you get to them just feel totally surreal like um really like pinch yourself like am i really here like um the yellow gate is amazing because i got there before i was meet you know meeting meeting john for a run um and you just sort of yeah you drive into the campground and it's just suddenly there it's not, it's not i don't know you almost expect it to be like utmb with like a you know a road to follow to this massive arch and it's not it's yeah. just a little yellow gate yeah, but yeah. The rest of the year means nothing you know um and and i think most locals there do do seem to know about the barclay but for most of them most of the time it, you know it's just a gate and and then you get to the, you know the yellow gate it's honestly like a pilgrimage or something it's um <laughs> i just felt so surreal um you're almost nervous to touch it in case you know it's um, a religious artifact or something so yeah that so I, I i was lucky to get there a bit early and, and have some have some days um in the park a little bit although i should point out you're not allowed to recce off trail and most of the race is off trail so you can't really recce much at all but it obviously it still helps um so that was pretty amazing and then and then you come back there a few days later and suddenly you know laz is tent is there and and the number plates and yeah it just feels so surreal i think in my blog i said it felt like christmas on a film set or something yeah it's also I was meeting friends you know ian keith nikki spinks jasmine paris um emma stewart was there john um so it, there were a load of familiar you know good friends familiar faces and, and yet you're in this surreal setting so yeah it just felt yeah felt amazing feel very lucky to have um, yeah. you know. 
and um, and how important is your friendship with the tea dodger john kelly <laughs> um yeah i mean um it, he, he was incredibly incredibly helpful um much more much more than he he should have been really um yeah we've got a yeah a quite intriguing sort of friend foe thing going on um, it's quite funny watching the two of you on instagram sort of battle it out <laughs> <laughs> sort of semi-insult each other but all with a friendly <laughs> friendly nature <laughs> yeah i mean we're i think we're we're very different characters as well um but we're passionate about some of the you know very passionate about some of the same things and get the same enjoyment from or, or i think the same enjoyment or some similar type of enjoyment from doing the same things um and yeah, he was so helpful. So yeah, he gave up time to sort of show me around, not just the park or, or the bits he was allowed to show me around, but but also um, he was quite keen to show me sort of southern cuisine. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> Tell I'll me keep, more. <laughs> well, I'll, maybe I'll keep some of my thoughts to, to myself. <laughs> not offend. Um, <laughs> not offend our southern american south viewers which is probably a big proportion of your uh, your viewers um, well, we do have um, a question from arlene she wants to ask she i was going to ask this later because it was about your recovery afterwards um but he she said she says actually did he find any food that he liked there in the tennessee area or did he bring his own with him so i think she's prepared for the worst of <laughs> well yeah i'm still i'm going to do a blog about this soon because yeah i've, I've sort of went went full annoying vegan uh, sort of about two and a half years ago now but what I have found is if you're doing a race abroad it, it, it's harder because you're not the shops don't have the same things you're used to getting and sometimes it's stuff you don't anticipate like in America I yeah. should have known this but, but you can't buy pickle uh, so I love cheese and pickle or oh, yeah. cheese and pickle and and they don't have they don't really have pickle they have something called like sweet relish which is kind of sugary onions oh yeah uh so yeah that was <laughs> i did buy a couple of different of their relishes and it wasn't really oh you could buy pickles yes um you have to make your own like chop it all up and yeah get the video. I, I i hadn't allotted a time window for, for that <laughs> i um, yeah i left that a bit late so so I, I that coupled with john sort of being keen to show me you know southern cuisine i did sort of relax my my vegan um ethics for, for a little i mean i didn't have any meat or anything but yeah he, he took me to somewhere called um sonic um which is a takeaway a drive-in takeaway um although we sat we sat there and and um yeah there wasn't much on the menu i could eat but i thought well, there were these cinnamon rolls basically and i think they must have had a little bit of butter or something in you know not the end of the world but you know normally i'd try and avoid them but i didn't want to um yeah, I don't want to offend him too much by sitting there and just having chips. Um, so, so yeah, I got these, and they were just delicious. And it just so happened Jody was with us, who was going to crew me, and and he, without me knowing, he had clocked that I liked them, and then he bought me a load during the race. Oh, how um, sweet! So, and I wasn't gonna, yeah, I wasn't gonna. Yeah, you of... have to like, you know, humans are meant to eat a wide variety of food sources, aren't they? And being vegan, you know, it's a hundred percent is amazing. But you know, if you do eighty percent, eighty percent of the time, then that sounds brilliant too. I think so. And my approach is now when it comes, yeah, when it comes to a race, you've just got to be a bit more relaxed because um, also, I mean, my first ever real sort of DNF was at UTMB 20, 2021. Mm -hmm. And part of that was I got underfueled, and part of it was because I was, I'm not, yeah, I don't want this to sound like I'm making excuses, but in retrospect, I can see I was trying to be so careful mm. that I, that was one reason I could have done other things better, but, but I got really underfueled, and, and yeah. then your motivation goes and, and part of it was me trying to be like, Oh, I don't know if that's vegan. I won't take that. Yeah. And, and that was my first big race being, you know, being vegan. So I'm just more relaxed now because it, yeah. to me, it's more important to, 
generally get the general gist of yeah but also if I do well in a race or a challenge I get interviewed and I can I can talk about the bigger issues and then that's more important to me anyway that's more worthwhile even if it involves some compromise um yeah so yeah but yeah those sonic cinnamon rolls were were pretty special lovely they sound good they sound really nice um and is it very important to have a mohawk i believe that you have a mohawk and then was it did jody have a mohawk or was it somebody else who was crewing you it was it was yeah jody did have a mohawk he had a double mo he had a mohawk and a proper moustache as well so it is absolutely critical that um i mean i john kelly's got his own hair thing going on uh i mean maybe he'd do even better I mean, I, I, I often tell him if he, yeah, if he would, if he would actually drink real tea, and I'd have a mohawk. But I mean, yeah, I think so. That said, I mean, he's finished Barclay twice. I never have, and he's he's quicker than me on the penalty. So maybe I should be taking advice from him. Maybe actually, he's more aerodynamic because, like, you've got the the thing here, and like maybe the aerodynamics is not working. The problem is, I uh, yeah, I don't have his hair options any any longer, as you can probably tell from the shininess of my I, big I big every time forehead. I thought um, that you just shaved it off on that those sides. Bit of both, bit of both. Let's yeah. let's say so. Yeah, I can't really um. I, I can't do what he can do with his yeah. hair, unfortunately. Oh, well, most of the time, the photos that I've seen on the Barclays, you're wearing a hat anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe you should get a hat with a mohawk on it. <laughs> <laughs> or just wear, like, a Roman, a plastic yeah. Roman legionnaire sort of helmet. Yeah. Yes, Maybe that's exactly that. Yeah. That is the way to go. And so um, I know you were a bit concerned because Jodie didn't seem to understand how to make tea to start with for cream. Oh, that, was... that seems like a quite a stressful event really it was very stressful and, and things like, like words like chuffed were, were quite confusing squash was quite confusing to him yeah um, did he just serve you something that was squashed like a, a sonic like roll that was squashed <laughs> <laughs> no it didn't it, thankfully he's he's very he is very sort of detail orientated so he's asking lots of questions but it but it did you know he was like squash yeah he, he obviously thought of the, the the vegetable when i was oh, talking yeah. about liquid liquid for my soft flask and he was like you want squashing your soft flask <laughs> Um, that's so hilarious like, do they not we, have squash in america then what do they call it oh, cordial cordial maybe I think so yeah and that was what yeah i'm john i did say to john what what can i bring over from the uk that you miss and it was jelly babies and uh double strength squash ah. so it's it is rare over there um it's strange isn't it you think that we just have the same things yeah like yeah. i say with the pickle um yeah you just thought they'd have pickle and, the, and they didn't so um yeah. Um, also, I mean, we, luckily, pants didn't become a problem. That's the obvious one, isn't it? Um, yeah. But also, yeah, I started calling my bum bag a fanny pack just to try and just to try and use him less. Blend in. Um, yes, but he was he was absolutely amazing, actually, and very um, very thoughtful and very forgiving and very. Yeah, it was amazing to have someone who already had done it, and then he 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 was saying just the right things of you know what to look out for on the next loop and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very considerate. And the tea was actually pretty good. I was quite very happily surprised. Excellent. <laughs> and and shoes. Did you get blisters at all? It sounds like you may not have because you sound like you were raring to go for the fifth lap. Yeah. No, I didn't. I just. Um, I I would say it it is the sort of course and and reading in advance. It seemed quite common that people get blisters. I think because you often. You're going down hills a lot, steep downhill, and, and so there's even if you do your shoes up well, there's going to be sort of uh, the traction, the, the movement in your shoe, your foot and your shoe. Um, but no, I didn't seem to get blisters. I just swapped between, I did swap between two pairs of mud claws um, each loop. Okay. Uh, I always, I think I always, maybe I stayed in the one loop, but I always swapped socks in case there was yeah. um, 
yeah, just bits of dirt or something that's going to cause blisters too. So I swapped socks every loop. And then I think I swapped shoes almost every loop, just between two pairs. Um, and they were at, because it was fairly dry. Well, yeah, the, you'd, people would laugh at this really, but like the amount of t- the amount we would do to try and avoid getting wet feet was 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 fairly silly. So there's one place actually when you go under the prison, there's a tiny bit of a so there's water under the prison. You're gonna yeah. it's quite long. You're gonna get wet feet. Luckily, it was quite low, and there's a little wall you can almost tiptoe across tiny wall and 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 all of us were sort of dancing on this little wall and it must seem so stupid to people outside thinking yeah but you're out there 60 hours getting bashed up and we're trying not to get our toes wet um and when you get to the end of that normally you'd have to get wet feet but you can climb up you can climb up the wall out of the prison which kind of feels like you're trying to escape prison in a particular way if you do that in a particular way you can avoid getting wet feet and we would spend you know but that would be two or three minutes longer but we would all well most of us were doing that to to avoid wet feet because over that time yeah wet feet usually yeah. usually leads to trouble yeah um, it could be race ending yeah and and the other really difficult thing that seems to be a real thing with Barclays is the sleep deprivation as well and I just thought it was really really ingenious this idea of you and John sleeping on a book so that you'd get woken up by the next runner um I thought that was genius um but yeah. then you didn't get very long did you because the <laughs> next runner came along fairly quickly in both both times yeah I mean yeah to, to his credit that was John's idea um it's always the second night where things start to get difficult and we we both knew we were getting sleepy enough that that you know caffeine and calories wasn't enough and and that some sort of power nap or dirt nap I think he calls them um was a good idea and we both yeah and 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 so la- obviously you're not allowed your normal watch and, and jazz jazz Laz gives you <laughs> oh, right here. Laz, um, oh do you get to keep it yes oh I thought he yes. might have reused them for eco-friendliness and like that would, gave be, them that to would be better person. wouldn't it but yeah um well as long yeah, as you're it's gonna like use a ten dollar watch so the, the alarm doesn't work apparently or, or we couldn't figure it out so we, the fear was yeah you want 10 to 20 minutes is great but any more than that and, and people have fallen asleep for hours there and, and then that's the race over because it's the time the cutoff's quite I'm not used to do I've never done a race where I've been concerned with the cutoffs but here you, you, it's it's constantly on your mind um so yeah oversleeping could be the end of it so yeah. um so John's idea was let's sleep on the book I literally had it under my head um <laughs> but the next runner was only maybe not even a minute behind us so we'd barely I don't yeah. well we, we didn't drop off I don't think and he woke us up and then we didn't know how long the next runner might be. There might have, well, there might have been no other runners left. So yeah. <laughs> the risk then, so we just got up and carried on. But then, yeah, an hour or two later, I was with the other guy, Albert. John had gone on ahead and we, we were both feeling sleepy again and we tried again and the same thing happened. Yeah. Um, Aurel, Aurelien, sorry, the, the French guy who finished, he caught us up a minute or two later and sort of woke us up. Um, so, yeah, think- it's a great idea of theory, but didn't quite work for us. I think Innovate need to invent something, don't they? They need to invent something at the end of your shoe um, that buzzes. Like you could set a 20-minute buzz timer on it or a, like a little 30-minute buzz timer. Maybe That would be helpful. That would be handy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or just if you took, like my mum's got a little cooking timer and it just beeps. It's like yes. this big. It's, it's oh, very small. At the moment, though, we're not allowed any electrical oh, items. you're not? Okay. Other than, yeah, other than uh, the watch she gives us. It oh. used, this is one of the rules that has changed in the past you you were say allowed a music device i believe but so all of these rules yeah they get harder and harder all these little rules change oh, okay. uh, but yeah 
Oh, I wonder what you could do then. Like maybe you could have an egg timer, but then you'd have there's no noise really, is there? I'll I'll try and think of something for next year for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not something mechanical. Um, and then I thought it was funny. I spoke to Jasmine as well, and she said that she found you on the path as well. And she stepped over you, and she was like, uh, "Hi, Damien, what are you doing on the path?" And then you apparently woke up, and you were like are you okay to her <laughs> she was like you're asleep on a path in the middle of nowhere <laughs> that sounded like a funny moment yeah <laughs> yeah it was so I suppose when I on on that what third morning when I when I I'd looked for the book for an hour and what I'd realized was yeah I, I didn't really have time even if I found the book you know even if I found the book now the timing was really tight to get round and I'd been told at camp that like he didn't want anyone out past the cutoffs if you know what I mean he'd rather you came back to camp um than I think I imagine that's a safety thing than, than yeah um so I couldn't find the book so to me there wasn't any point in going on because it won't count if you haven't got the page and then I was like well I've got 10 hours left that's not you know that's not gonna be enough so I I just kind of thought well there's nothing for it but to go back to camp I'm done I failed um but it, yeah, so but as soon as almost as soon as the adrenaline had worn off of, of you're not racing anymore, you're not, you know, it's all over. Yeah, I felt very, very sleepy. So I, I, I'd only got maybe 20 or 30 minutes down the mountain on these on these trails. But there's no one around. But it's a beautiful day, warm, sunny. And I just thought, well, I, I feel knackered now. I'll just have a sleep, you know. <laughs> so I kind of slept, slept across the trail. I didn't know one on those trails Um for hours so um you could have had 10 hours there yeah <laughs> if jasmine hadn't found the book <laughs> you yeah, could have been there I'm for 10 hours there. and then done a sprint finish <laughs> but yeah but i i don't know i think this time i did have a good 10 or 20 or maybe even 30 minutes i'm not sure but but suddenly there was another runner and i was like it's jasmine oh wow like you you, you know and, and I, as far as i was concerned she was still in the race i hadn't um and she was coming in to finish a loop although it was over time i think um yeah, so it was a strange moment of, and we'd actually, yeah, I mean, me and Jasmine are friends, and I, I coach her, and we'd even shared a, sort of shared an Airbnb beforehand with, with her husband as well, Conrad. Um, so it was a strange moment of, yeah, being being so far from home, but, you know, that someone there you know very well, and, um, and yeah, I joined her for the run, the run down, and we were sort of sharing, you know, we both had some satisfaction, but some frustration too, Um uh, and yeah, of course, my, my one of my next questions was, you know, did you find the book back up there? And she's like, yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're like, oh, imagine if she'd been there earlier, like at yeah. the same time, like just as you got there. Well, you I, did, have got, yeah, yeah, you I did try a power nap back up at the rocks. I try, I thought, well, I added caffeine and calories and then I thought, well, I need a power nap. Some, you know, I'm not thinking that well. I need a power nap. And I tried to, power, I did power nap on, I tried to sleep on the trail. But by that stage, I was having almost audio hallucinations. I kept hearing, I think she had similar, I kept hearing people talking and, yeah. and I did actually think it was her chatting to another runner as they came. So I kept waking up or, well, basically not really falling off to sleep, but wait, thinking, oh, who's coming? Who's coming? So I had tried that. Um, maybe I should have just stayed there. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
who knows? Um, and I, I should have asked you this question earlier. It was just like on my list now, but we did cover a little bit of food. Um, but Christian Poulton, one of my patrons, he said, um, how did Damien find being vegan, which we've sort of covered. Um, uh, so he said, were there enough food choices for him at the aid station or did he have to be so totally self-reliant? But I, I think you have to be totally self-reliant at Barclays. There is no aid station. There's some water, isn't there, that may or may not be frozen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you have to be self-sufficient, don't you? So what sort of food did you take yeah. as a vegan yeah yeah they are yeah they offer you no no food um so uh there was definitely some porridge with with it was um it was fine to have oat milk um oatly oat milk was in the supermarket um in town so yeah i had some porridge i had some i cooked a load of vegetable pasta uh, i think jasmine was having some of that as well um what else did i have so, yeah, whenever I came back to camp, the idea is try and get as much real food in as possible. You might only be there 10 minutes. You're hopefully just eating and eating. Uh, definitely some bananas, a variety of bars, both from home and, and one or two from over there. Do you uh, make your own bars or do you, do you, have, you use supernatural fuel, do you? Yeah, you know, it's quite easy to find. At least in Britain, vegan bars are quite, quite findable. Um, yeah. For example, Vela Forte, they do they do sponsor me, but I do find I genuinely find their bars really tasty. They're yeah, sort I really of like their bars nuts. too. Yeah, they're really nice. Um, dates and nuts, and offer a bit of ginger or something, someone something to give it a little a little bit of spicy flavour. Always approve of a ginger thing. <laughs> um, so uh, what else did I have? Um, but yeah, when I'd come back to camp, it was about getting getting some you know some warm, ideally warm, real food in. I feel like there was one other thing, but there was definitely porridge and pasta. The cinnamon buns—that's probably another. Yes, thing. I had them, although technically, <laughs> technically not vegan. But um, uh, what else did I have? Oh, potato. Yeah, boiled potatoes, salted. Again, sort of shared them with Jasmine. It was yeah, we we cooked them the night before. Um, I think she had some pizza, but she's not she's not sort of totally vegan, although she doesn't have much. Yeah. Um, what else did I have? And then my. For both the spine and this, the thing I like when I'm on the trail a lot is is just uh, bagels, um, hummus, hummus bagels with um, usually something else. Like I suppose that's what I want the pickle for, or what did I have this time? I think vegan they had some tea. pickles. I think you had vegan yeah. cheese in it. You said in your blog thing. Yes, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, I must have found vegan cheese over there. Then, so obviously that's quite easy to find in Britain. I think I did find summer over there, if I remember. Um, so yeah bagels hummus bagels basically uh, go down really well yeah um yeah yeah so there was there was good food there awesome. yeah um and uh the food oh yes yeah, so as uh, we've covered the food um so uh how did it feel um just crossing that yellow gate the final time with jas were you with jasmine at that point um how did it feel was it a, a mixture of sort of like um yay and oh at the same time yeah uh i think as i was getting there really it felt it was the it was the disappointment was the bigger feeling because i just it was just such a lovely day and i and i'd left camp i suppose by now two or three you know, something like three hours maybe earlier full of optimism and and like it was about i was leaving camp at must have been eight or not maybe nine in the morning sunny day you know my friends it felt like my friends were there you know nikki spinks was there jody had been super encouraging and it just felt everything felt possible and it, it just and then i was returning there sort of two two to three hours later people weren't expecting you know 
they weren't expecting me to come in, you know. So I, I almost wanted to sheepishly sort of tiptoe up to the gate and hope no one, <laughs> yeah. hope no one really saw. But then um, they so, played the blooming bugle. <laughs> How, yes, did, was yes. it quite emotional then when the bugle was played? Because it's quite an emotional song that taps, isn't it? I find it quite emotional. Yeah, that is the equivalent of um, that is their kind of military. I don't, I've forgotten the name of the bugle that we that, that we play here on on remembrance sunday but i think that's their equivalent sort of thing to yeah. remember you know remember the fallen so it is a yeah, yeah to them especially it is and and usually they, they will put their hand on their heart and so on oh yeah so it does yeah it does mean a lot to them so yeah i sort of tiptoed up to the gate unfortunately people did did see me um <laughs> and then i explained to 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 laz and and one of his assistants that like um that uh, yeah, I brought brought back a, a stone and a, a leaf to prove I'd been <laughs> to prove I'd been there. I I've mean, been I, by somewhere. that stage, I knew that was silly. Um, but that <laughs> and you left biscuits up. there, didn't um, you? Well, you left biscuits by the book to prove that you'd been there. That was, <laughs> that was funny as well. No greater proof. There's no greater proof than a few biscuit crumbs. Um, yeah, I mean, partly that was the state of my mind at the time. Partly, I sort of knew I sort of knew that was silly, but kind of wanted to do it anyway. Um, got back to the gate, had a chat to them. Yeah, and then they played, they played taps, which in some way feels it feels oddly rewarding though, because it's yeah. one of those almost inevitable Barclay experiences, and it means you've been at Barclay, yeah. you know. So it, it felt both rewarding and disappointing at the same time, which is which is kind of strange. Yeah, and that just leads me to say, do do you want to go back? Arlene wants to know if you want to go back. Bobby Cullen wants to know if you want to go back. Is it something that you want to do again? Oh no, <laughs> we've lost Damien at that crucial point. Let's try and get him back. We've lost him. Right, let's just get Skype. Skype, here we go. Let's call him back. <laughs> oh dear. Let's call Damien back because we were just about to find out if he'll go back to the Barclay Marathon. Oh no, he's not online. That's a shame. <laughs> yep, Seferine's saying the suspense is real. It really is real. Um, I think he does want to go back, so I've just... But I, I can't confirm. Ah, here he is. Welcome back. <laughs> Hello. Hello. That was a really suspenseful moment there. We just literally <laughs> asked you if you wanted to go back and it just went. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. On one, yeah, on one hand, I'd, I'd love to try again. Um, just partly because. Yeah, I don't feel like I, I suppose, gave my best effort now. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's gone again. I wonder. I don't think it's my signal. I'm very sorry. I think it's a problem this end. I'm not sure. Hello. Yeah, I think it might be. I've got, like, full bars. But, yeah, we're nearly done anyway. It's fine. We'll just keep calling you back. <laughs> we've we've just got to... Um, yeah, we're just talking about how you, you'll go back and, uh-oh, it might be harder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, I suppose I feel like I yeah didn't give my best performance, and 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 now I've had a good recce. Like it, it um, you know, it won't be easy, but it, I, I now more fully understand what it is and can remember some of the book locations and stuff for the moment anyway. And I know, yeah, I know I really need to work on my navigation, for example. Um, I mean, the thing I hesitate over is, I suppose, yeah, the the, the emissions from a flight is is um, something I haven't, you know. Um, I've only done one flight in four years. So I've really tried to sort of change that part of my, yeah, my footprint from being an athlete, I suppose. So I've, I've um, but I, I made a little list a while ago of kind of what are the, you know, what are the really important to me adventures left that I would consider um, flying for and sort of, you know, sort of scrubbed a lot of other races off the list. And then I've, ah, had some amazing invitations in the last few years that, that would have involved a flight. And I just kind of thought, mm, no, it doesn't matter enough to me, but this was absolutely top. So I think I, I, I am prepared to give it one more go. Um, yeah. I'd, 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 yeah. Someone did ask me, what about, would you go back the following year, you know, a third time in a row? And, and um, that is all on the, I don't actually know if I can get in again, that, that, that's beyond yeah. my control. But, um, but yeah, that, that's really tricky. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I, I don't feel comfortable at the moment anyway, with the idea of sort of, you know, going back three, four, five years in terms of the emissions. Uh, and I have looked into all the boating options and yeah. um, it's really, it's just, if I didn't have kids, I would do it that way, but you're away a long, long time and it yeah. doesn't just, you know, I don't want them to forget who I am. Um, <laughs> Is it three so, weeks on the boat? It, I think, I think the trip would end up more like four weeks because even the boat doesn't go to, or one of the one of the options I was looking at, you know, it doesn't get you to the right bit of America, so you still oh, got to go, still got to, you know, yeah, you know, all the way travel all the way down America. So yeah, uh, along those lines, it was it was several weeks, you know. Um, uh, so that's the thing that would that's what would stop you stop me going. But yeah. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to try one more one time, more even time. though I feel uneasy about about the footprint. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it, the whole footprint business? Because I'm I've seen your Instagram, and I I know that you do a lot about the climate, and that's the first thing that people absolutely jump on you for. Um, and and Bobby is asking, not in a horrible way, uh, Bobby Cullen, he's asking, how do you justify the travel and the associated carbon footprint for such a race? Because, um, I, I know that like obviously people aren't going to jump down your throat if you choose something with plastic packaging in the supermarket but people see the flight and they see the huge emissions and they go that person's telling us to do this or broadcasting about this and then he takes a flight <laughs> oh my god and it just seems to me that that is the one thing that people can't really wrap their heads around and I didn't know if you had I, I've read all the stuff I understand the, the the opinions and it's not all black and white but is there sort of a nutshell way that you could explain it to people yeah I mean I could I could chat about this for for, for an hour or so if, if you're trying to keep it uh, succinct I guess there are two, there are there are a few things. I suppose one is a my footprint as an athlete has massively reduced because I used to do on average three flights a year to to races. Now that obviously now I'm much more aware that that's pretty bad and and I couldn't justify that to myself. Um, so I've reduced that massively. You know, three years of no flights, one one flight for running in four years. That's a huge improvement. Mm. Um, the next one is this sort of um, mantra of of progress, not perfection like even if i didn't you know we, well none of us can be perfect yeah we can a very few people have you know have given up flying which is incredible um i've given up 
I suppose almost all flying except in very exceptional circumstances where I think that's a really and this is without getting the violins out this is how I support my family you know through running um very exceptional circumstances I, I think I've got one or maybe two other things I'd fly for and I, I would hope to, I certainly wouldn't fly more than once in a year but I've done one flight in four years that's a that's I probably better than most people and a huge improvement from where I was yeah then then the other the other side of this is is that kind of personal footprint versus system change um and and how important is your personal footprint anyway now that's this is gets debated like massively in in sustainability circles and among scientists and so on and I've read numerous books on it and, and what I tried to tried to sort of debate in in my book as well um and to me i know this sounds convenient but to me yeah there are some low-hanging fruit to 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 reduce your own footprint but to me that's not the most important thing mm -hmm. it's pushing for system change so if you if you're you know fastidiously washing your hummus pots up for recycling but a coal a you know a coal mine opens up the road as, as is happening in cumbria um that that's far worse than whether you did your recycling or i mean it's a bit disingenuous of me to compare recycling to, to taking a flight because, you know, a flight is significant. But what I mean is that personal footprint stuff isn't as important as the coal mine yeah. starting up down the road because that's going to be epically worse than than whether, yeah, your own footprint things. Um, so I would say, oh, have I gone? Oh, I'm still there. Um, yeah, no, you're there. <laughs> I would say I personally, I... I um, and yeah, I devote a lot of my time for that as well. I gave up two days recently to go and go and protest in London at the big one. You know, it was two days, two days of my life where, you know, I don't don't directly get anything from that. It, you know, it um, I, I guess it helps my conscience a little bit and helps my anxiety about what's happening in the world. Uh, but yeah, I gave up two days to do that. I gave up numerous days to write this book that so I suppose won't make any money, but hopefully will <laughs> spread a message. Um, and then the Green Runner stuff as well. Um, so yeah, you in terms do a lot. Of yeah well I feel like there's this other yeah so to me that's all nudging for system change or there's this other really interesting concept of the carbon the carbon shadow so that mm. and, and this is explained brilliantly I think there's a link through to, on one of my blogs to this yeah there is the great example there is like there's two neighbors one of them walks to work and walks home one of them flies once a month like one of them has a far better carbon footprint than the other clearly but what if the person who walks to work is walking to the to you know work for big oil work in fossil fuels and and the person who flies is a climate scientist and they're flying to important conferences to exchange information and spread awareness now clearly that person has a far better um um so and, and the other the other thing to remember is that bp came up with the idea of individual foot, footprints yeah, now at the same time that was very so interesting I'm, um, yeah, it was, the, it was the PR firm who were uh, paid to advise them, and it was uh, uh, over a decade ago. Yeah, so, and I thought that was really interesting because that puts the onus on us to change and make those changes. Mm -hmm. And whilst we're obsessed with washing our hummus pots, we don't have time then to do the activism on a, in a group scale um, that BP obviously doesn't want us to do. Um, <laughs> so... So yeah, I just thought that was really interesting because I feel like amazing guilt of all the things that I don't do. You know, every time I go to get Finney in the car from nursery because it's raining really badly and I don't want to go on my bike, um, like which isn't often, but you know, it happens. I feel really guilty just from that one little car yeah. journey. And then actually, but That's... actually, if you think of 
BP and all the fossil fuel companies and Shell and everybody and, and what they're doing, my, my guilt could be much better directed at them and emailing them or doing that thing where you went and stuck your finger up at them and put it on Instagram. Like I should have been doing all that rather than just agonizing over my hummus pot. So I thought that yeah, was really no, interesting I, I, to know because I, I didn't know that and I don't think a lot of people do know that. Well, that, that, yeah, I, I really I'm, I'm strongly behind that approach. At the same time, of course, that's convenient because it lets me still fly, fly occasionally. But <laughs> it's, I think it's unfair and unrealistic to expect, you know, if you care, then you mustn't fly ever again. Yeah. You mustn't eat dairy. You mustn't buy any new clothes. Like yeah. we did discuss this when we formed the Green Runners. Like, are we trying to be like that? And then we're like, well, A, who, none of us are able to keep to all those three things and then yeah. who's going to join us like yeah no we're just going to be a, a, an eco weirdo cult yeah. you know you'd have to be um, a monk to exist yeah. like that you'd have to be a monk and, and then no one would know anything because you wouldn't be telling anyone anything you wouldn't be ever interviewed on the telly for doing an amazing thing yeah it's just so hard isn't it because I just I just see people jump on you on Instagram for the flying and I just think it's such an easy thing for people to just go bam 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 we're not listening to him but I just think it's so much more nuanced than that and I, I just yeah I like to sort of yeah if I ever see people doing that I always like to put a nice comment on there <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well thank you thank you <laughs> just because um, I just think it's an easy battering ram for people and I wish there was an easy way to explain to them that the odd flight is you know while it's not ideal it's kind of okay you give some you take some just by being alive we're <laughs> impacting on the planet so we can't just all kill yeah. ourselves can we no well thank you Claire and yeah totally agree and um yeah that guilt for existence it, you, quite a few of us feel that and it's it's just not fair and we we've inherited the system based on fossil fuels and it's not our fault that you know for example you know electric vehicles they're not perfect but they're much better than fossil fuel vehicles but most of us can't afford them at the moment like and, and the government still, still subsidize fossil fuels massively mm. um ahead of other things so they could be helping yeah. in so many ways you know transition more quickly to renewables transition more quickly to evs but they're, you know, they they help very little, uh, and and you know that's the thing the scientists are saying we need to get off fossil fuels urgently. No new exploration, in, especially in the North Sea and in the UK's case, that's what the scientists are screaming. Yeah. Um, so to me, yeah, they're the more important things. I mean, I still do both, you know, like I I, I do what I realistically can in a personal footprint thing, but I I would just warn people against getting too obsessed with their own footprint yeah. and and try and see what's happening. In yeah. wider, wider society, classic things. Big. I mean, the classic one is vote. You know, voting. Uh, we don't get to do that very much, but that that's the big, probably the biggest thing we can do. But that's a bit unsatisfying because it, yeah, only happens every few years. Yeah. Um, but it might be email, emailing Rampy. There's um, if you join up with something like um, uh, Greenpeace, you know, just register for their mailing mailing emails. You know, they send you out an email when there's something relevant coming up. Um, and and yeah, imagine if hundred people were emailing an MP to say, "Hey, we care about this." You know that stuff is gonna is gonna count towards yeah. something. Yeah. So uh, stop washing your hummus pots and start emailing people. <laughs> I think so. Or join the join the Green Runners at the, at the least. Yeah, um, join the Green but... Runners. Um, and we have got another climate related question from Andrew Knox, and he says, "Do you think the UTMB will start to open up more events in each country to reduce the need for people flying to events?" Um, because you know those qualifying events to get those running stones because he says previously previously it was quite easy to pick up the itra points before the new system came into play and i know that they've been a bit under fire because um if you want to get into utmb you've now got to unless you get into a race in the uk which there's only one um you have to fly to somewhere to get those points 
So do you think, are you going to be campaigning them as well to change that? Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been discussing that as the green runners of, of sort of yeah what to do action wise over the next few months, and that's definitely um, something that's being discussed. Um, yes, I I think it's a real shame. There's only one. Um, yeah, I think that's it's, it's rubbish. And I, I said that on Instagram within the last week. I think of kind of like um, yeah, I, I believe I've heard rumours. You know, they're hoping to start up another race here, uh, but I don't know how long that takes. And and um, yeah, if they're encouraging more people to, to fly, I mean, technically you could say, you know, the race is in France, maybe that's accessible on public transport, uh, but not for everyone. And often it's more expensive. So Twice again, the price. Uh, it's sometimes yeah, three or four times the price, actually. I looked yeah. into it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like what they're doing with the World Series at the moment because it's, yeah, encouraging more travel. And that's the of uh, most events biggest the biggest slice of the footprint will be the spectator travel. Um, so if it's flying, then then yeah. it's massively elevated. Yeah. So yeah, not not a fan of what they're currently doing, if I'm honest. Yeah. Hopefully that will change. They're doing good things around female participation and pregnancy deferrals now. So that's one good step in the right direction. But yeah, they at least they're only listening. Only took about five years, didn't it? Yeah, only took about five years. Yeah. Well done, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but everyone's really appreciated the chat on the climate. Um, so thanks for that. Severine says it's seven days to New York by boat. She had to look at that for a group during the ash cloud some years back so respect regarding okay. voting with his feet um today says i have an idea that the individual footprint will backfire eventually by creating a new mindset that big companies will find it hard to go against um uh, but he says maybe that's a bit too optimistic but i think the tide is changing i think the tide is slowly turning hopefully um and Bobby has been listening, um, so he says thanks very much for your answers. Very good answers on a complex subject, he said. And Bobby, Bobby does have one more one more question, and then I've just got some quick fire questions for you, and then and then we'll we'll leave you to your day. Um, he says, is the spine race record an objective after the win last year, and how about the summer record, which I think is now down to seventy hours? So yeah, how about that? Um. I'm definitely, I'm definitely coming back in in January. Um, I just love. You love that race, as, don't as, you? <laughs> you must know it so well yeah. by now. Yeah. So does so does Bobby. If I'm thinking about the right person. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's just, it's just a cracking adventure, you know. And um, and part of that is the weather and the unknown. You know, what's the weather going to do? Um, so I'm probably, I, I, I'm not. Um, I'm not disinterested in 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 the overall record, but it's it's a what's it's a it's a sort of nice to have. Like I'd rather I want to go go there, have a great adventure, give my best possible performance. Um, you know, if if that if that can reach, you know, if that can, you know, get past Jasmine's record, great. But I'm not, uh, yeah, not obsessing over beating her record. I don't know if I'm still. Yeah. Oh. Can you hear me? Um, yes, I can still hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how much of that was heard sorry oh yeah no you were fine i could hear you the whole time um yeah oh and now i can't <laughs> he he was preempting the skype debacle i think we shazne says quick fire question any plans to try and get the fkt back for the pennine way <laughs> yes okay we'll ask him that as well we'll wait for damo to come back and then we'll just ask him the quick fire questions. Maybe I won't ask him the quick fire questions. It says it's reconnecting. 
Let's just see if he rings back. We haven't got long to go. Sorry about this, everybody. I blame Damien. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he will go and have a good time on the spine race. Let's try ringing him back now. I don't know if you can hear the Skype beeping. I think he's in his shed. So he needs to get a good a cable to his shed. Yep, oh well. Well, we've heard a lot of good things from Damien, so if he doesn't manage to ring back, then it'll still be a really good podcast and live broadcast. But just he hopefully will just ring, ring back in a second and we can just finish off the interview there. Talk amongst yourselves, everybody. <laughs> I've got some quick fire questions for Damien, including flapjack or gels, beer or wine, Kindle or a real book, music on your long run or bird song, classical art or modern art, camping or a holiday cottage, seaside run or a mountain run, or tea or tree. Yes, <laughs> Shasna999 says he's always in his shed. I know he's always in his shed. He was in his shed last time and didn't have these problems. So I don't know, I, I hope it's not me having these, but I've got four bars of internet. Um, let's just try him one more time. Usually he rings back. Maybe just don't wanna, maybe he just felt like an hour was enough for the interview. <laughs> he might be emailing me. Here he is. Hello. Hello. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you went into the vortex again. <laughs> I am sorry. Sorry, everyone. That's <laughs> okay. We haven't got long left. Sorry, we've kept you a little bit longer than I said. Um, we've we've got a little question here from uh, Shaz uh, Shazne nine nine nine. Quick fire question. Any plans to try and get the FKT back for the Pennine Way from John Kelly? Hint hint. Um, I would say I don't have I don't have immediate plans, but I haven't I haven't ruled it out. Um, yeah, I won't I won't try this year. I've got I've got two more events, um, so that's probably enough. Um, I guess I might just see next year how I'm feeling really, uh, like physically, and 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 almost almost mentally. You know, do, you know, it, um, so it, you know, even if I can beat it, it'll be it'll be very close, and you've got to be ready to sort of yeah, um, uh, to use the cliche, I suppose, dig deep for you know, three, three days and two nights. So it's, um, yeah. yes, it's still, it's still a possibility to have a go anyway. Um, yeah. no immediate plans. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, cause he's back in the U S now, so it'd be a good time to try and beat it, wouldn't it? Cause he can't come back and take it from you again well, <laughs> for a while. I would, honestly, I think, I think if I could, I think he would still come back and try yeah. it. I think he probably would. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I've just got some quick fire questions before you leave, we leave you today, Damien. Um, uh, flapjack or gels? Flapjack. Beer or wine? Wine. Kindle or a real book? Real book. Music on your run or birdsong? Oh, podcasts. Oh, uh, a sideways answer. Classical art or modern art? Real, real landscapes. Ah. Um, camping or a holiday cottage? Camping. Seaside run or mountain run? Mountain. Tea or tree? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> tea spelt both ways. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, T-E-A, uh, -E uh, yeah. 
Tea. Tea. You can't drink a tree. Can't drink a tree. <laughs> That's their fabulous answers. Well, thank you so much, Damien. It was really, really awesome to chat to you um, this lunchtime. So congratulations again on being a pretty all right runner. Um, and I hope you're training for the next the next event, the next record, the next anything that you're doing goes really, really well. Where will we see you next? Uh, the next big one for me is uh, yeah Tour de Gion in September in um, in the Italian Alps. Ah, Jasmine's yeah. going there too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be a few of us out there. It should be, especially the female British female field should be should be really strong. Um, yes, um, and yeah, luckily that's fairly easy to get to on public transport. But yeah, that's my next big one. I may do a B race before that, but um, yeah, no, that's the big one. Thank you. And yeah, just so sorry I kept. Uh, dropping out uh, of the call sorry that's okay you're good enough to wait for um it's been really lovely chatting to you and um follow damien on instagram have a look at his website there's loads of resources there about the green runners and how to get into um activism i'm definitely gonna get into some more activism and stop feeling so guilty about my own tiny tiny carbon footprint um uh well not tiny tiny carbon footprint but the tiny effect that my carbon footprint has um yeah, I'm going to be looking more into it. So thank you very much for the interview. It's reinvigorated my um, climate anxiety. So, <laughs> so I'm going to be doing more things and doing some more activism as well. Oh, well, thank you, Claire. <laughs> no problems. It was lovely to chat to you today. And we will, yeah, Bobby just says, I think Damien's Wi-Fi is powered by composting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah living the dream awesome well thank you very much damien it was great to chat to you and we will yeah we'll look out for your progress in tour de Gion. cheers folks thank you claire <laughs> bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.